Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. everyone and welcome to another episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. I'm Jill Murphy, Editor of Pharmaceutical Technology, and this week we'll be discussing drug packaging and sustainability. This conversation includes topics such as how packaging has changed over the years, EPR laws, using renewable materials in the packaging process, and the challenges and solutions that come with transitioning to a more sustainable packaging system. In this episode, I speak with Lon Johnson, VP of Sales and Marketing at Colbert Packaging. Today's episode was brought to you by Colbert Packaging, the source for safe, smart, and sustainable packaging solutions. From custom folding cartons to instructional inserts and labels, Colbert has served the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry since 1959. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. I wanted to start off with if you could tell us a little bit more about you and how you got to where you're at today with your job as VP of Sales and Marketing. Yeah, I uh, I had started my career in 1981. I uh, was with a small converter, um, and we were in those days we were working with uh, with Baxter, um, producing some of their secondary packaging. I moved on to a larger company, um, which really competed uh, rather heavily with Colbert in those days. And I was, um, oh, I don't know. I, I was competing against them, knew about them rather well. And uh, a friend of mine who I worked with uh, left um, and went over to Colbert. And he, uh, he and I got to talking. And in 1998, in March of that year, I, I joined Colbert. So this will be my 42nd year of, uh, of working with uh, pharmaceutical secondary packaging. That's amazing. And to really just dive into pharmaceutical packaging, I know that a major topic that a lot of people are discussing is sustainability. How have you seen packaging become more sustainable in the more recent years? Yeah, what we've seen is um, it, it really started to evolve when you had Walmart and they you know, presented the scorecard and they were inviting you down to, to learn about sustainability and you know, kind of holding that carrot out there. If you were to to do as they said, you had an opportunity to really grow your business through Walmart and through companies that were marketing and selling through Walmart. Uh, what we saw initially was that they were looking at at alternative uh, paperboard materials, specifically to our industry, and um, you know, suggesting recycled materials were were better to use than you know SBS uh, virgin materials. Um, what we came to find out was what they were really getting at in our segment was to reduce the, the carbon footprint and to reduce the size. Um, we also knew there was a significant push to reduce plastic, to reduce the, uh, the amount of plastics out there. So we took the approach, we, we took kind of a, a dual approach where we tried to look at packaging that had utilized uh, plastic and we looked at how we could better um, design using 
paperboard came at a certain point there where type of paperboard, whether it was recycled or virgin paperboard, was not their main concern. Again, it became footprint, the size. So then we looked at how could we reduce size, still have efficiencies, um, and, and that was that all kind of came together at one time. We um, we produced a package. Uh, it was called Blister Guard, which was kind of you know the the entree into reducing plastic. And what that did was it took a very large thermoform plastic tray. It reduced it by probably two thirds and utilized a paperboard. Um, you know, card, a front and back card with a die cut hole. And, and that really was rather successful in the, um, the club stores for quite a long time. So that's really, you know, kind of the, the genesis of how we started that. I wanted to kind of go off of what you're saying about using different sizes and paperboard and other efficiencies. Are there any other specific steps that you're seeing your company or other companies take to really move towards the sustainable packaging process? Well, there's, there's a lot of things, and, and one of them we also learned in, in what we've created is called Clean Carton. And Clean Carton is a paperboard carton that uses water-based inks, coatings, glues, and we test it regularly to make sure that it has no migratory uh, issues, that it has uh, no VOCs, and we, we test it with an independent lab. What that does is it allows our customers uh, to utilize a paperboard product that could be sized specifically to their product. And it's almost like a recipe where that product is put together um, with, um, you know, all the components that we've, we've previously tested. So um, that's the other thing we've seen is making sure the inks, the coatings, the glues are all, um, you know, that they're they're all within that sustainability window and that they're all meeting those those guidelines. In terms of something like clean carton, are there any challenges that arise when you're transitioning to more sustainable packaging? Oh, there's a lot of them, yes. And and we've seen that. Um, you know, we're sometimes our designers are just handed a, a package that may be, you know, 50, 60 percent plastic, and we're told we want to reduce it or eliminate the plastic. And so, you know, there's certain things you can do with plastic that are virtually impossible with paperboard. So you really have to think, you know, you know, outside the box, I guess would be the best way to put it, that you have to come up with an alternative that would secure the product, allow it to be shipped, allow it to maintain a drop test that would pass and do that with, uh, you know, with a paperboard uh, material. And so th there's definitely challenges we run across every single day. I wanted to kind of switch gears here because I know in legislation terms, there's something being talked about at a state level for extended producer responsibility laws. Mm -hmm. Are you able to explain this more for any of our listeners who may not be updated on this? Or do you see this making a huge impact if it goes through? Well, you know, from what I have seen and what I, I know about the extended uh, producer responsibility laws, um, I, I know that many states are looking at it. It's um, it's on certain legislative bills. From what I understand, there's only four states right now that have actually implemented it as, as part of a state law. That would be Maine, Oregon, Colorado, and California. Now, it has always been of, uh, of top of mind that, uh, that this would translate to, to state legislation. Um, and I think it will become more and more uh, part of states' responsibilities. And I can tell you that even, you know, you get down to the uh, 
to the local legislation, and they're all looking at ways to be more sustainable, you know, um, ways to take waste and to, to convert it into, you know, some useful byproduct. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to continue. Um, how it is uh, brought through state legislations and, and actually implemented in bills, um, I think that'll be a little slower process, but I think it's, it's definitely going to continue to march along. Absolutely. And are there any specific ways that companies are using renewable materials or anything else that's kind of new in terms of being more sustainable? Yeah, I, I think that there have been so many different attempts through the years. I think we've seen a lot of uh, when you have a product that needs to be protected, that needs something to, to guard it as it goes through the, uh, you know, the, the chain of different custody, custodies, let's say. Um, I've seen fiber-based products replacing plastic in many different ways, molded pulps. Um, and, in, and in our business, we've worked with those molded pulps. We've worked with them to create trays, to create, uh, you know, really a nice fit. Uh, and, and in some cases, um, it's actually been far better than, than what was out there in the past. The, you know, the thermal form trays um, that, that had been used in the past. And, uh, and, and that's really what I've seen. I've also seen, you know, we've, we've been asked, uh, you know, to, to look at recycled boards to look at uh, boards that are made with mechanical pulp over in, in Europe, which we do. And that's been a big part of what we've done as well. So we've really tried to uh, be open to this. We've tested many materials that have come from Europe um, and we found that they, they work rather well. And that, uh, you know, like the, the Metses of the world um, and we use them quite a bit. And we certainly offer them. Some companies have just simply said, you know, we we're we're used to SBS. We're used to what we have. And it does require, you know, a change, a different mindset. And we've, we've done that. And tying in everything that we've discussed, because I know there's many different topics, what do you personally hope to see for the future of drug packaging and sustainability in the industry and really any challenges you maybe hope to see solved? Well, I, I think that, you know, I think what we've seen is truth and labeling has really, you know, I think become, it has evolved. And I think that you see now um, a lot of companies in the past, you know, for economical purposes would, you know, they'd have a family of products. And instead of having, you know, say seven different sizes, they would, uh, they would say, let's, let's make this two sizes. So a, a very small vial could have been placed in a very large carton. And I think that that's, uh, that that type of uh, packaging, we're starting to see that go away. We're seeing more, you know, looking at that reduced footprint, looking at uh, optimizing the paperboard. And what we've done is work very closely with our customers and, and we give them a sheet size. You know, if it's a 28 by 40 sheet size, we tell them here's the optimum layout. So you're utilizing every bit of paperboard. And one thing we've done over the years at Colbert is we have always looked at that, that, that footprint going in and going out. So when we get a large roll of paperboard and we take it with our sheeter, we sheet it down to a custom size and we try and use every bit of that board. And what I've done many times on tours through our company is I've taken people to the very back to the part most people don't want to see where we recycle everything. And I say, here's absolutely everything that was put through our process. We've recycled it from the pallets to the cores of the rolls, you know, to every bit of corrugated to every bit of waste. So that, I, I think you'll see more and more of that. And I think it really starts with the footprint of the product itself. Oh.
you to our editors and experts for sharing their insights. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our e-newsletters. When you sign up for our newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars and hear about episodes of Drug Digest. Thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast.